0: Hey everybody this is Heidi St. John today is Friday July 14th moment of silence for making it to Friday welcome to the busy mom podcast So I am thrilled today to have my friend Jessica Kastner back on the podcast with me. For those of you who weren't uh, around or didn't hear the podcast on Wednesday, I just want to encourage you, go back and listen to it because Jessica is going to encourage you. Jessica is a mom of three boys, so she totally gets you. And also, she is an award-winning journalist. She's a contributor for the Christian Broadcasting Network. Uh, She's an author of a brand new book coming out, which I am really, really excited to read. And I think you guys are going to love it love it because it's called hiding from the kids in my prayer closet. And I will link back to that in the show notes today. And Jessica has an incredible story of redemption. And I love to hear stories like this. So without further ado, I'm going to just welcome Jessica to the show. Jessica, thanks for coming back.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Heidi. So good to be here.
0: Happy Friday, everyone! Yay! I know. Don't we love Friday? It's like we live for Friday. I do, Monday comes around and we're just like, really, where did you know? Where did your weekend go? So we're so close. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you Amen. wrote a post. I want to ask you about this, and I'm, then I want to get into your um, testimonies. I think it's it's I think it's going to encourage so many people. But you wrote a post uh, earlier in July uh, talking about being an unmom. And I read it with just—I mean, I was kind of laughing and giggling and just going, "Oh my word!" This woman, she totally gets me. But for everybody, who, and I'll link back to it, you guys. So for those of you who are just going, "What? What in the world?" I'll link back to uh, her post at the show notes today. But tell my listeners, what do you mean when you say you're an unmom? So yeah, I guess in a nutshell,
1: I thought of the word because I feel like an unmom is the kind of mom that loves and enjoys her kids more than the daily acts of motherhood. And what I mean by that is I think we all envision the things that you'll do when you're a mom and just the day-by-day experiences. And I felt like a lot of it felt unnatural and almost just not joyful to me, like just the mommy and me craft or story time at the library or going to the mom's club, I felt like I was always missing this domestic chromosome because I had an idea of what I should feel like or what I should do. So I feel like I never want the term unmom to be negative because my children, I mean, it's the greatest blessing. I don't think there's any greater love or access to God's heart that you get when you become a mom. I go on and on. But it's just that, um, it's just a different kind of mom that is a little more untraditional, atypical than I think, um than what we expected basically mm. so this isn't like a christian version of bad moms, or we're counting the seconds to bedtime and we're victims of our ovaries it's like no <laughs> we just have a different mothering style we just have we see it through a different way i don't think there's one universal one-size-fits-all brand of motherhood that i think can be the feeling when you become a mom it's like this is what i should do this is what i should feel so i just feel like that's where it came from
0: i love that and i love that uh I love that you started out by saying, you know, school activities are not your thing. I think for me, as a homeschool mom, and I've been homeschooling my kids since the dawn of time, which makes me 187 years old because homeschool years are like dog years, right? So for every, every year you add at least seven, I think nine, there's some, there's some consternation there between homeschool moms. But I, I, it's, I think that there's this misconception that if you're a mom or particularly like me, if you're a homeschool mom, that you just must enjoy every single thing about motherhood. Uh, you know, and the truth is, sometimes we don't enjoy it. I love that you said, you know, you don't, you know, you don't necessarily need to look at yourself as a victim of your ovaries to just go, you know, I actually don't really love this part uh, of it. And I have friends who are super great with toddlers, or they're really great with teenagers. And I think part of it is just encouraging moms to to say, you know, Lord, help me take joy in the things that I that I wouldn't naturally enjoy doing, or at least appreciate it, and then show me where my strength is, so that when I get to that place, I can just go. Bam! I was made for this, you know. Um, And I think for me, I don't know where your kids. Your oldest is sixteen, so you're just a little bit uh, behind me because my oldest is twenty six. And I'm telling you what, Jessica, I'm. I mean, there's so many things I love about motherhood, but I think more than more than I ever anticipated, I am enjoying my adult kids. The three of my kids who are out of school and have moved out and whatever, and I just love. Um, I love seeing what God's doing in their life And just watching them grow and flourish And walk with the Lord But I'm also getting some sort of sinful satisfaction Out of watching my daughter parenting a toddler I'm not going (laughs) to lie
1: that's funny. <laughs> that's so true. I actually can't wait. I've always said I can't wait to have relationships when they're an adult and I get a little glimmer of that with my 16-year-old and I think that's the best point. And that's why I do focus on the young mom. Um, I do have a heart for the young mom, so I think that is kind of the most difficult, but it's such a good point where I feel like your strength might not be in the baby years. but It yeah. might be in those like elementary school years and you wouldn't know that until you your kids grow up and you have multiple kids and that's something yep. I love where they're at now. So now they're 7, 9, and 16 and I feel like they must think I'm crazy. I'm staring at them because I'm mm, mentally yeah. freezing them in my mind because they're easy, they're enjoyable, they're independent and I just, I always want to encourage the moms that maybe the baby toddler phases especially if you have multiple, like two under two at one point and it's just, I mean it's crazy town, it's just survival day by day and some moms love that so I feel like they might have a struggle a little more, you hope not but when they're teenagers, I feel like so that's what it is, it's just a journey it's it's always changing and it gets easier, it gets harder so I feel like yeah I do talk a lot about that, I think that's so true.
0: Yeah and I think moms need it. We need the encouragement, and you're. I, that's what I think one of the things I love about your book. It's sort of like having a best friend that cheers you on uh, from mm-hmm. the trenches. Like we're all we're in this thing together, going, "Hey, you know we can do this. I got you." You know, what do, you, do you need me to come over with a you know, mocha extra whip? You need sprinkles today? Yep, looks like a sprinkle day. I'll get you some sprinkles and I'll be oh, there in ten. Yes. Like moms need other moms. <laughs>
1: I know, I, I I have a heart for people. I'm so blessed. I feel like God knew what he was doing. Like I need a, tr- a system around me. So all of my mom, my mom, my sisters, cousins and friends, are all Christian. Um, I have the best support I've always been blessed with so many great mom friends. And I always to this day think about not everyone has that. Not everyone has sisters. Not everyone has even Christian friends. People live in other areas of the country. So everyone's like, what's your big takeaway? What's your message for this book? And honestly, I just picture like someone that doesn't have a kindred spirit mom, like I'm I'm able to have or an unmom or, and I feel like I would just love for them to just honestly just laugh and like maybe cry a little and just feel like they're reading the words that they've always said, um, always thought and never said aloud, or maybe can't pick up the phone and share that or text that to a friend. I just, it would be the be- the, the best thing i could hear is that they just felt like they're reading words from, from a friend or just that kind of feeling because not everyone has that you know
0: yeah it's so important you also have and i i want to make sure i make time for this today you also have a pretty um a pretty special i think um, pro-life story about you um you said earlier you said on Wednesday that you found yourself pregnant when you were in college can you kind of give us the story of that because we've heard i've heard from tons of moms on the podcast who have been in a similar situation, and I've had several women on the podcast, guests of mine who chose abortion. You didn't choose abortion. And it sounds like kind of a miracle intervention story. So I was wondering if uh, you could share that with listeners today.
1: So, I was raised a Christian, and just to give you a little one minute, 30 second background, my dad was a pastor, so I was a pastor's kid. Um, he passed away when I was 12, and I feel like I had a rough, kind of rebellious teenage path that only worsened in college. I had um, severe eating disorders, and I just ran to the love and security of men, and it led to, you know, serious drinking and even worse. Um, drugs recreational drugs and so it's pretty bad so I think of my story as the prodigal son as my most <clears throat> treasured story of the Bible because I truly 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 feel like I am the prodigal son that came back and mm. I feel like God used my pregnancy in college I went to UCF in Florida uh, found out I was pregnant I was gonna have an abortion um I I'll never forget this so I moved back with my mother she didn't know no one knew when I was pregnant. My sister was a Christian. She's three years younger. She was still in high school at the time. And the day before my abortion appointment, she bust in my room crying. God gave me a dream. I know you're pregnant. I, You cannot get an abortion, Jess. Like, and I remember screaming at her, be quiet. Mommy's downstairs. Be quiet. Be quiet. And the older sister, I was so mean to her back then. So I just, <laughs> and now she's my best friend. But screaming at her, I'm crying. I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't believe it. Because at that moment, I also felt the power of God. I mean, I knew that. I always believed it. God, I was—I um, just was so far away from him. But it, I'll just never forget that feeling because I—it was—I like was angry, but I was also so touched that God gave her. I mean, how else would it have happened? It was like yeah. living a miracle. So, um, uh, long story short, I, I couldn't go through with it. Um, I had, you know, the baby, and I feel like I don't ever know if I would have. So I'll—I will never know until we get to heaven with these questions. I wonder if God, if I ever would have come back to God without getting pregnant in college and I just, I would say my baby saved my life. And it was to me the the worst thing that could have happened. I actually never even wanted kids. I wanted career life. I was so selfish and so self-absorbed. And I feel like God just used the seemingly worst thing to not only save my life, but it was, I'll never forget meeting that baby as every first time mom probably experienced. I'll just never forget just crying. And I feel like God just like softened My heart over a year, and I probably got saved a year later. Um, So I write about that in the book, and it was very emotional sitting down with my 16 year old son, is now the baby. I write in that book, and he never knew that story. So we had a really emotional talk before the book came out because I didn't want him to hear that story for anyone else. And I Mm. feel like I was always nervous telling him that, and it was just awesome. Like God had such a calling on your life, Jack. Like He really protected you because. To have a dream like that. Not everybody gets that gift. So I just mm-hmm. feel like God is so gracious and so merciful. And it's just amazing.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, obviously, there you know there is a special thing that God is going to do in the life of your son. And to use it Definitely. that way, I think wonder, you know, as you're telling me the story, I'm wondering, you know, especially given the background that you came from, if you felt any sort of sense of relief when your sister just said, here's the deal. I know that you're pregnant. I mean, did you kind of, were you just angry or did a little part of you go, Oh, oh thank you. I need some, I need someone to, to, I need help.
1: Such relief. And that's why my heart, I mean, I will be pro-life is my, it's right up there with the prison ministry um, that I was talking about earlier, because I feel that I will just never forget the angst and the anxiety and the heaviness. Cause even if you've never known God, there is a connection that a mother has with the child the second you become pregnant and whether you're aware of it or not, I will remember that feeling of just yeah. dread, you know, and you did and girls. And I just think of being a, like these young girls at teenage girls that, um, and, and the instant answer, I will never forget going to the college nurse and I was kind of getting emotional. I'm a little guilty when she was making the appointment for me. And she's like, Honey, it's just cells, just chromosomes. And I'll just never forget her voice uh, to this day, just eerily echoing in my mind. And that's what everyone is being told. And I remember like, okay. And there was such a sadness and I had an awareness of God. So I can't imagine how confusing it is for these girls. So I just... Oh, it's such a such a heart for for that.
0: Wow, and it's amazing to me. Uh, you know, I had a I don't have a, a story like yours, but I have a, a pregnancy story like that. When I, I actually went to Planned Parenthood when I found out I was pregnant with my second child because my husband was in in college. We were still uh, going to Bible college, and I was like, "Oh man, we don't have any money," and so I didn't have any money for a pregnancy test even. And at that time, you know, all those years ago, this is twenty four years ago. It was expensive to get a pregnancy test over the counter. And so I went to Planned Parenthood because they gave them to you for free. And I'll never forget, you know, I'm thinking I might be pregnant. I could be pregnant. You know, I had an, my daughter who had been probably 19 months old at the time, 18 months old. And uh, the the nurse came back in and she's like, you know, what? I, she was, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but you're pregnant. And she knew I was married. And she could see that I had an 18 month old sitting on my lap. And she was like, here are your options. Um, there's an abortion <gasps> clinic in downtown Portland. Yeah. This like for legitimately no. happened. And I just, and I, I'm always telling my daughter Sierra because it was Sierra, um, that I was pregnant with at the time. Um, shortly after that, I think I was maybe 17 weeks pregnant. Um, when I went in just for a standard regular test and they found what they saw was an, an abnormality. And an ultrasound, and then another test came back and sort of confirmed they thought that she had Down syndrome. And so they were doing measurements of her thigh and measurements of her heart. They thought maybe she had a hole in her heart. And they sent me to um, they sent me down to Emmanuel Hospital in downtown Portland, where um we had a, like a you know one of those big two hour ultrasounds and then after that, Jay and I went to a room and they said you know here 's what we think is going on with your with your baby. We think your baby very likely has Down syndrome and probably has a a heart condition and we would recommend uh, terminating the pregnancy. And I'll never (sighs) forget just sitting across from my husband. And I mean, you know, I mean uh, the room just felt so cold and I thought these people, no, uh, no regard for the fact that we, we, um, we loved this baby. I could feel her, you know, moving and kicking. And, (sighs) um, I just thought, man, it is such a blindness in this generation toward the unborn and, and such really, um, a, a window into the devil who hates human life. Yeah, And we see this all over That's the place. That's probably why you had that experience. Until you see that, until you feel that spirit yeah. of death,
1: really, there's yeah. nothing like you'll probably, you'll never forget that. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, and wow. it's, It is a spiritual blindness. I feel like we'll look at um, like how Christians had slaves and slavery. I feel like Yep. years I'm praying I really think that we'll look back the humanity will look back and, and just be like wow they must have been blind I can't believe they were killing born babies I really believe it
0: yeah I think so too yeah in very much the same way slavery. I know we look back at slavery and go really right now you you know you thought that was okay and they did they they thought it was okay they they legitimately thought this is a cool thing let's do let's take another human being and make them a slave like what yeah, it's you, you incredible. know yeah <laughs> you and know. we scratch our heads uh, even non-christians you know scratch their heads and go no that was totally lame. And I think I actually see, you know, what's happening uh, through some of these uh, organizations that are uncovering what's really going on at Planned Parenthood and what the abortion industry is really all about. And I believe it's beginning to change hearts and beginning to change minds, because these are human beings that we're talking about, certainly not a clump of uh, chromosomes, like you were told. It's such a lie. And so I really appreciate, uh, I appreciate you telling your story. And I think just opening the eyes of other women, this actually happens all the time, I think more than, uh, All the time. more than we're willing mm-hmm. uh, to even admit. I was embarrassed that I went to Planned Parenthood, but they were the only people that had free pregnancy tests at the time. And I, I wondered when I left that place because I was so angry. I left that place and I just thought, how dare this woman? She can see that I'm happily married. I already have one baby, and I she finds that I'm pregnant with my second one, and to her it's a throwaway baby. You know, it was just a throwaway. I actually can't believe that. Well, and I, I wonder like, how many other women right now. Yeah. Oh. You you wonder how many women go into an abortion clinic and they de- maybe they don't even maybe they just want a pregnancy test or they just want their quote unquote health care, whatever that is. And they get talked into abortion or guilted into it. And I just think what a tragedy uh, in the culture that we um, we've waited this long to talk about it.
1: I know. I think there are a percentage of married people that actually choose to do it because their family is quote unquote complete would astound you because I read something that is so disturbing. Yeah. So I feel like that goes on more than we even want to think about. Yeah. I do think there's a shift though. I think there's such a shift even with the Christian community, with children in general, like foster care and adoption. I there are so I think there's just an openness and I feel like it's all connected. It's just yeah. seeing other people's children, whether it's unwanted other people's children, I just feel like there is an increased uh, the way God that and sees the church's involvement in that, I don't know about you, but I feel like, wow, like so many families adopting from overseas or just the foster care system. So I do think it's all connected. Thank God. I think there is a yeah, shift.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And I appreciate uh, you using the voice that God has given you and the platform that you have to speak out um, on behalf of the unborn. I wrote notes while you were talking and I thought, you know what, you know, I'm such an alliteration girl. I love alliteration. And I thought, this is you, Jessica, you've got the three Ps going on. You started uh, getting pregnant, uh, before you were married, then you turned pro-life, then you went to prison ministry. Bam, three Ps. Oh, You're welcome. True.
1: Got it covered. Just have to hit some detox clinics that start with a P and I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like, I feel like. Yeah. Hey, it's man, so if you can cool start ministering to people who are trying to get off prednisone, that could be another P. I'll think of one. Just give <laughs> me time. I knew you would. Well, Jessica, it has been a joy to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm looking forward just to seeing what God's going to do in your life in the days and the months ahead as you use the platform that God's given you to just minister to other moms and to encourage them with your story. For those of you who are not familiar with Jessica, I'm going to link back to all things Jessica Kastner at the show notes today. Don't forget to check out her new book. I'll link back to that hiding from my kids in the prayer closet. Woot, woot. I love that, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks, everybody. God is good. He is good. So I have loved having Jessica on the podcast today. But before I go, and as promised, I just want to announce something that I've been waiting to announce for, I'm looking at my husband, three years. I think three years, it's been a long time. Um, I am inviting you to be a part of the launch team for my new book, Becoming Mom Strong. If you head over to the show notes right now, you will find a link. And I'm not going to uh, put it up on Facebook right now. I'm gonna let my podcast listeners have a first shot at it. So you need to go over to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast, and it should be the very first podcast that you see. Scroll down and you will see a big old link that says, click here to become a member of the launch team. We are taking a limited number of applications for the launch team, but we hope to have a big, huge group of you. And what this means, so let me just explain it to you. A launch team is a group of women that I will be able to work with personally and go through the book, Becoming Mom strong so that when the book actually releases and is in bookstores everywhere in September, you guys will be able to help me get the word out about it, talk about it because you've already read it and you've already gone through it. Uh, Those of you who are approved to be on the launch team will receive a free PDF copy of Becoming Mom Strong and also a bunch of other uh, prizes as we kind of move along in the process. So we have a private Facebook page already set up for you, which is going to be opening her pretty quick. But for right now, we're just trying to build the launch team. So we're going to start with a podcast. So if you are a podcast listener, you qualify, so if you're interested in being on the launch team, head on over there right now. They're going. We're going to ask you what your name is. We're going to ask you uh, where the best places that we can reach you. How can we find you on social media? It's not a requirement. It just is helpful, and uh, a couple of other questions. And we're also going to need your street address ahead of time for fun things like prizes. Hello. So I'm excited. This has been a dream of mine for many years. And I have a passion to direct the hearts of this generation of moms, Back to the Word of God. I don't just want to write a book, you guys. I want to start a movement. And this movement is the Mom Strong movement, encouraging the hearts of moms back to their kids and back to the Bible. And so I hope you guys are going to be excited. I think you're going to love the book. You're going to laugh. I hope you might cry a little bit, but I think more than anything else, I think you're just going to be encouraged, uh, in what God's doing in this generation. So this is my announcement. If you want to be part of the launch team for becoming mom strong, head on over to the show notes today. In a couple of hours, we're going to go ahead and post it on social media. It'll also be up on my Facebook account. So if you're out and about and you can't do it right at this moment, don't worry. It'll be up on social media and we will leave the launch team link open until that application, until the application process is complete and the group fills up. So I'm really excited to see what God does with this. I hope you guys head on over there and apply to be on the launch team. And I'm looking forward to meeting you. Have an awesome weekend, you guys. And I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.